1: Good afternoon on a Wednesday, post election day, in fact, Wednesday, November 8th. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you all week this week and all week next week. Plus, of course, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Great to be with you for some post election perspectives today. In just a couple of minutes, we'll be joined by Dick Wadhams, former GOP chairman, a long-time campaign manager, veteran political strategist, and dive into some of the results both locally as well as some of the interesting things that we saw, disturbing things that we saw in Kentucky, Ohio, and Virginia when you look more nationally. If you want to join into the conversation in the next segment, we'll open up the phones and welcome them enthusiastically 303-696-1971 is our telephone number to join into the festivities you can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone name in town name in town please if you wish to text in and of course 24 7 365 you can email yours truly two ways one, go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page at 710knus.com, or log on to my website, jimmysangenberger.com. And of course, keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. So the results yesterday were somewhat mixed. In Aurora, it was tremendous. It looks like I think the count is eight to three with just three left wing members of the Aurora City Council. Not only that, but now former Aurora City Councilman or former to be Aurora City Councilman Juan Marcano, the anti-Semitic Democrat socialist who abandoned the Democratic Socialists of America after they basically supported Hamas. And then, of course, like a week or two later, he opposed a resolution in the Aurora City Council that was going to condemn Hamas. Well, anyway, that guy lost big time in the mayoral race to Mayor Mike Kaufman, who has remarkable staying power in Colorado politics and in this city of Aurora. We also saw some other great victories, including Stephanie Hancock in District 4, replacing Juan Marcano. Good news in Aurora. And then, of course, the Denver School Board. This one makes me happy in the sense that the union was put in its place, and the Denver Board has to have gotten the message that, guess what, guys, your dysfunction is enough. We've had enough with it. No more. We need change. John Youngquist won at large, replacing outgoing Tay Anderson, who has a nine percent approval rating and therefore decided not to run for re-election. And we saw Kimberly Sia defeat Scott Balderman and Marlene De La Rosa defeat Charmaine Lindsay. And I have to say this real quick: I've had great conversations on and off air with both Charmaine Lindsay and Scott Balderman. I believe they are two honorable people. And I would say that the school board, as it was with the seven, they were probably the two best on the school board as far as adults in the room. Not necessarily policies, that depends and varies, but as far as being adults in the room. So that's a bit of an irony here, but the message is loud and clear from the people of Denver and then, of course, from the people of Colorado, Proposition HH fell big time showing that Tabor is something that Coloradans love and want to maintain into the future. For analysis and perspectives, let's turn, in fact, to Dick Wattams, who rejoins me here on 710 KNUS. My friend, welcome back. Good, hey,
2: good afternoon, Jimmy. Thanks for having me.
1: Good to have you on the program, as always. And I was just t- talking with you off air it's kind of remarkable to think about. My Saturday show is now over 10 years old because it was September of 2013 that we launched that program, and you and I go back to when you were the chairman of the Colorado GOP clear back in 2010, and I was a lowly radio host on KRCX 93.9, the real deal at Regis University.
2: I remember it well, Jimmy. I remember the first time I went on with you, and, and as I recall, your was your program on Sunday night, as I recall.
1: No, it was Thursday nights. Actually, it was Thursday, Thursday nights. nights. Okay,
2: yeah. mm-hmm. I just it was. I remember it was a night, and uh, no, I remember talking to you and enjoying doing doing so, and and uh, here we are all this time later.
1: You know, I would look at 2010, Dick Wadams, as sort of a marker for when we started after that election, and what happened. We don't need to tread the ground, but in the gubernatorial race. We've seen a decline for Republicans, for conservatives since 2010, and it has been striking to see now in 2023. How do you interpret sort of big picture where the right has gone in Colorado for the last not quite 15 years?
2: Well, you're right. I mean, the, the, the electorate was certainly different in 2010, Jimmy, as you recall. Um uh it was still uh accurately described Colorado was still a a third, a third, a third, a third republican third unaffiliated third un- uh, democratic and um uh it was hard to deal with those unaffiliated voters back then. i mean there's been this mythology at times that I hear from people who either don't remember well or don't didn't know to begin with that that Colorado used to be a hard hard red state well, it never it really has, hasn't been for fifty years but it, it was certainly uh, more competitive in 2010. Um, that was a year when um, we got 106,000 more Republicans than Democrats out to vote. Wow, I can't and imagine it, that anymore. Was, <laughs> I can't either. I mean, I, I look back on that, and and uh, that was what kind of propelled a bunch of victories in 2010. Uh, and once again, without going into the details of the governor and senator races that year. I mean that that uh, those things fell apart on their own. But but um, but since then um, it, it has been difficult in Colorado since uh, you know Cory Gardner was able to unseat uh, Mark Udall in 2014. But um, overall, it's been a tough 20 years uh, uh, since the 2002 election after. Senator Allard and Governor Owens were Mm re-elected in 2002. And since 20 years later, we've had 12 elections for governor and senator, and we've only won one.
1: Wow. It it is astonishing. Uh, Dick Wadhams, one bright spot, though, for the right has been the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, passed in the early 1990s. It has had staying power now for over three decades, and we saw another example of this. Last night, when Prop HH went down in flames, there are folks on the left who say, well, this was just because HH was too complicated for the literal people in Colorado to understand. It was too complex, which, by the way, maybe you shouldn't make such a complex measure in the first place, if that's your excuse, but really, as we know, Dick, It's because the people of Colorado like their TABOR refunds, like that check on government power and spending and revenue. How do you interpret that aspect of last night?
2: You know, Jimmy, how many more times are the Democrats going to, Jared Polis in particular, going to try to end run and undermine and hopefully, from their standpoint, destroy TABOR like they tried with uh, HH and with uh, other attempts? it's like they they keep trying to do it in a backhand backdoor kind of way and they keep getting re, re, repulsed by the by the voters um and, and and i i felt like approaching the election last night that it was headed the right direction from our standpoint that it was going to go down i never did not know that we were going that it was going to go down by 20 points but um it it the good news for me is that it shows the colorados electorate might be center right on the issues on on tax and fiscal and economic issue uh, issues and which is very encouraging for the future uh that voters could still respond to republicans who run good campaigns and have messages on issues they care about uh and so um <clears throat> that was uh great news last night you know i the thought occurred to me too jimmy why don't the democrats just have some intellectual honesty and just put a straight up repeal the right. paper on the ballot and let's and let's just have a let's just have a big fight
1: Dick you have you know? the governor not only out there supporting this but he did a televised debate on 9 news bringing in one of the most renowned At least ostensibly, it seems, conservative economists and Art Laffer, the creator of the Laffer Curve that was a big impetus for Reagan's economic policies in the 80s, brought him in, did the debate with him, and still this thing went down, cratering big time. I mean, it does show. That the Democrats should be more open if they're going to try this or they need to drop it all together and recognize that Coloradans like the taxpayers' bill of rights. It's the We are the one state to have something like this, and we don't want to part with it.
2: You know, I totally agree with you, Jimmy. I, I In fact, you, you mentioned they brought in Art Laffer. That debate, that was kind of sad that night. It was. Because um, – because I don't think Laffer really knew much about what he was talking about in terms of Colorado. Uh, he's still a brilliant man whose contributions are, are, are legendary. But there were several times during the show that, that I don't think he quite got what Colorado law is regarding Tabor. And um, that was kind of sad. But, but uh, you're right. Uh, Governor Polis, that was Governor Polis putting his name on the line. And maybe that was admirable, but he took a big hit last night.
1: Yeah, well, and I'll just say this, uh, just a word of advice for any time you're in front of the media, don't tell people that you're staying at the governor's mansion and try and downplay that. Because Art Laffer did that in the debate, and I was like, come on, Art, how out of touch do you want to seem, brother? Oh, that was awful. Yeah. So let's turn to something else a little bit more locally. I was very encouraged to see the results in Aurora, Uh, not just that Mike Kaufman, who I've known since he was running for secretary of state. I know you've known him longer than me, but I was 16 when he was running for secretary of state. And I'll never forget getting to foster a relationship with him and getting to know him over the years. I interned for him when I was in college and he was in Congress. So we go way back. I've been pleased to see the staying power of Mike Kaufman in Aurora, but even more so to see Juan Marcano, the Democratic Socialist, the anti-Semite, go down in flames like Prop HH dramatically against Mike Kaufman. And not only that, but we see a solidification of a center-right control of the Aurora City Council. What do you think is going on there, Dick?
2: wow uh that's a real tribute to those candidates in aurora uh who won those races and um uh, and it's a real bright spot for colorado republicans that some solid conservative council members were elected have now have a big majority on that council and and regarding Kaufman, i'll tell you, mike is one of a kind i mean that's just all there is to it um i was talking to somebody today about how you know we I think it was now 3 years ago that he spent a week on the streets of Denver uh, living among the, the homeless yes and um which took a tremendous amount of courage and discipline and I can't even imagine what he went through but but I I think Jimmy he actually changed the debate on the homeless issue because he came out of that with some of the most I think profound observations of what makes up the homeless population and how they should be dealt with and how they should, uh, that, and that, uh, that honestly, I think the debate has not been the same since. Um, and, uh, I know the liberals kind of rejected a lot of what he said, but he was dead. Right. Uh, so he's an incredible guy.
1: Yeah. I- I'm curious in terms of Kaufman, we saw him hold on to that congressional seat in CD six longer than, Maybe he should have. He managed to beat Andrew Romanoff. He managed to beat Morgan Carroll. It wasn't until Jason Crow and Arapahoe County in particular really solidified as a Democrat blue county. And then he moves to this mayoral spot. There's a five-way race for mayor. He won against Omar Montgomery, I think it was, in a razor-thin margin. Then you have just mano a mano, him versus Marcano, and they have this... Uh, election and he wins dramatically it is interesting to see what kinds of Republicans can play well in a city like Aurora and in Arapahoe County what do you think that should tell Republicans about say CD6 about Aurora about Arapahoe County and what it takes to actually be successful well one of the things I admired
2: about Mike when he was in Congress Jimmy and you remember this he really made inroads into the ethnic communities of the, of a very diverse Aurora electorate. Um, and it was more than showing up for a pro forma appearance of some festival or something. Uh, Mike actually became <clears throat> kind of part of those communities. And they, they looked at him, uh, as their Congressman. He, they looked at, they, 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 saw, they saw him as somebody that they could go to for help when they needed. And, um, he, he a lot of times I kind of the, the term outreach, I think, is kind of uh, uh, it's 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 kind of shallow. Mike really had it. And he became and I think that's been a political strength of his uh, in Aurora yeah. and not only for Congress and now as mayor of Aurora. And I think that's why he has been able to win those elections.
1: Dick Wadham's our guest. Uh, Dick, when we look at the Denver school board races, that to me is so dramatic, especially someone who for three years has been covering this board very closely, often focusing in, zeroing in on stories that nobody else of the media seemed to care about except uh, yours truly and some radio hosts like Stephan Tubbs who would have me on the, the station and uh, the show and talk about it. But we saw a big swing there where the union got shellacked with their three candidates and there was a big rebuke of the dysfunction of that school board. Uh, to me, it shows one big lesson, Dick. Don't let yourselves become the crisis, because that is what the DPS board did amidst all the crises that they've been dealing with the last few years from COVID to school shootings. They became the crisis.
2: You know, Jimmy, I've loved your columns and you've written a bunch of them. But the thing, the thing I, I would read them and I'd say, you can't make this stuff up. I know, mean, <laughs> you, and you—you, you, your columns were also uh, carefully uh, researched and substantiated, and uh, you're right. I mean, you wrote stuff nobody else uh, was writing about. But it's, and I think over time, you know, over time, you know, one there probably doesn't impact. I, you, le- I think, you methodically laid out the case why this board was so bad. I think everybody knew it, but you really textured your substance. Uh, you know, I think we need to compliment Mayor uh, uh, Johnston. I mean, he didn't have to get involved in those races, but he cut that commercial that I thought was very well done for those three, uh, three candidates who end up um, winning. And um, he could have just hunkered down and just kind of not gotten involved in the DPS um, elections, but he he went out there, put his neck on the line, and um, and helped uh, defeat those uh, those uh, uh, those horrible incumbents.
1: I think he was able to tell what direction things were going in because – and I made this point that DPS, what was going on in Denver schools, really had a big impact on the elections earlier this year that brought the final matchup of Kelly Bruff and Mike Johnston together where they were the two candidates who were tougher on crime, who were focused more on law and order – at least that was the perception. And I think DPS really played into that. And Johnston could tell, okay, this is what's going on. This is what people are thinking and feeling about the school board. So if I get into this, it will involve, it will actually help me because I'll be on the right Mm -hmm. side of where the public is, Dick Wattam.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I I think, listen, he's a very smart political guy. And I think he saw the, the political opportunity Of getting involved as well yeah there's no doubt about that but um Mm. and they might have won anyway without his endorsement but i but but it maybe maybe one of the things that he did is that was like to
1: substantiate the concerns that a lot of voters have
2: maybe maybe yeah kind of like it was the final push them to reject the incumbent
1: i think so just a few minutes left with our guest dick wadams i want to go nationally to other states sure. when we look at ohio where there was a measure to basically undo what republicans in the legislature had done in terms of serious restrictions on abortion in the wake of the overturning of roe versus wade last uh, in the last couple of years and when we see that situation there where they passed a uh, amendment to the state constitution in Ohio, guaranteeing a right to abortion and only allowing limitations after the point of so-called viability. And then you look at the governor's race in Kentucky, where this was a substantial move here where Republicans lost the governorship in Kentucky where Daniel Cameron who was a very strongly Trump supporting uh attorney general got defeated against the candidate there for the Democrats uh Andy Beshear uh actually he was the the democratic uh candidate I, I should be I'm reminded here as I look at the article he was reelected well, he was the incumbent he, governor yes exactly
2: he was the incumbent democratic governor yeah. he
1: was reelected and he won counties that went strongly for Trump. And then you look over in Virginia, where similarly counties that went strongly for Trump voted Democrat in the state legislature, giving them the House in addition to them maintaining the Senate. So anyway, Ohio, Kentucky, Virginia, what's going on here? You know,
2: Jimmy, as a party, we are struggling with this abortion issue. There's no doubt about it. Um, Especially in the aftermath of um, of the repeal of Roe v. Wade um and part of it I think is democrats they their their position is really kind of clear it is uh, you know in all, all abortion time. i mean uh, they you, it doesn't take a lot of explaining for where they are and they 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 successfully paint republicans as uh as wanting to to you know hurt women and and um uh with our positions and of course we don't have a a coherent consistent message on abortion we have people in my, our party who want uh, abortion ban, no exceptions. We have people who want abortion ban with, with exceptions. We have six week uh, uh, abortion bans. We have 15 week abortion bans. We're, we're kind of all over the board. And um, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if you can ever get pro-life Republicans on the same page on the same proposal. I know that uh, uh, Governor Youngkin in Virginia tried to do that in terms of a 15-week abortion ban in Virginia, and it didn't, it didn't work. Um, so I don't know what the answer is, but I'll tell you, it is. it is one of the challenges going into 2024.
1: Yeah, most certainly is. Uh, looking at the big picture and looking ahead into 2024, Dick Wadams, uh, how do you think these election results in an off-year election that isn't that even year? It's not a presidential election year. There's no Senate. There's no state reps. It's just pure local in Colorado. What does this signal, if anything, for next year? Well, I, I'm really encouraged by the defeat of HH because it. I think it does show
2: that most voters are on right of center in terms of economic tax and budget issues. But having said that, Jimmy, is that we've, got, we've really suffered serious defeats in the last three election cycles. And I know a lot of people don't wanna acknowledge this or hear it, but the, a lot of this has been these new voters, 800,000 of them who moved to Colorado in the last 12 years, They they absolutely do not like Donald Trump and they have voted against Republicans accordingly. I don't. I think last night told us that these voters are open to us on the issues. And if we can ever get the, the debate shift uh, their their focus away from their dislike of Trump, and to the fact that Republicans more better represent their views on those fundamental economic issues, we can start winning elections again. But that's we're going to have to see how that pans out.
1: Agreed. Dick Wadhams, always appreciate your insights. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Jimmy. All right. Take care. Once again, former Colorado GOP chairman, longtime campaign manager and political strategist Dick Wadhams joining us here on the program. We're going to take a break. What do you think? 303-696-1971. There were some dark spots in yesterday's results. We'll get to that as well. But do you think that this is foretelling something positive for Colorado? What do you make of what's happened in Denver and Aurora, as well as Prop HH? But also, we look at Douglas County. We look at Jefferson County. The teachers' unions did have some big-time success. 303-696-1971, our telephone number. Overdue for a break. We'll be back. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you, 710 KNUS. 34 minutes after 3 o'clock, which means 26 minutes before 4 o'clock. Jimmy Sangenberger back with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. Thanks for joining us, being a part of the program. I guess voters saw through the falsehoods presented on HH. Texans, Steve in Littleton. But did the politicos who presented HH learn anything? Uh, The answer, quite plainly, quite easily, quite clearly, is no. I don't think they did. I think they're going to keep trying it, and they're going to keep trying to be clever as they can be. In this case, they tied it to property tax cut. They tied it to... The promise of a flat Tabor refund next year? All these gimmicks is what they were, and it didn't work. The people of Colorado saw right through those falsehoods, but the left seems to think it's just a symptom of a proposal that was too complex the little people of Colorado could not understand the complexity of what we divinely created in the Colorado legislature with full support of Governor Jared Polis. In fact, this was basically his pet project. And the guy was so confident it was going to pass that he wouldn't do a special session, didn't even have a plan when asked for what he would do if Prop HH failed as it did yesterday the hubris of that man holds no bounds 303-696-1971 our telephone number let's go to don in colorado springs good afternoon don how are you stop can you hear me yes i can what's on your mind sir
3: well definitely um congratulations at least for the time being on having this hour and uh just want to say thing um one thing about colorado is that most of The voters that are registered are independent voters, not Democrat or Republican. The second are Democrats. And second, another thing that didn't help HH was our own local media. You had Kyle Clark of Nine News coupled with CBS News Colorado calling it out. And in fact, uh, John Caldera, there was, there was something uh, – there was a voice piece, video piece of Caldera on their newscast, uh, CBS News Colorado that is.
1: Yes, that's the one where he took the language of Prop HH, which was passed by the legislature, put it into the ballot that way, which means they don't have to go to the review board that would otherwise take a look at and approve the language of a ballot measure. So he took that separately and said, I want you guys to look at it. And they said, this isn't going to work. We need to completely do a rewrite of it, which ought to show you that when you're trying to play games on something like this, it might not work out so well. The voters of Colorado will see through it because the media can't even deny it and provide the cover that they usually give to the Democrats, Don.
3: Exactly. And, I mean, our local media may not be CBS News national and international, but they're still closer to the people than, say, Nora O'Donnell. I mean, that's the thing you know then so is kyle clark so there has to be some kind of accountability there uh, or i don't know but we still need your voices we still need talk radio to point it out and you know colorado voters are independent they probably are not as right-wing but they do maybe they're economically conservative more socially liberal and we're sadly seeing that in ohio although I will say in Ohio, they made a big mistake. They think they might have voted for abortion rights and something maybe like Europe and all that, but no. The the, the Planned Parenthood, ACLU, George Soros Krauts wants abortion up to birth, and perhaps you yeah. know if the abortion fails, hey, you know what? Just keep it comfortable and let it uh, die, and then it goes right into a yeah. And the truth of the matter is, pagan cultures are not kind to uh, children. I'll say that. We're headed towards that direction. Well,
1: we're in a state known as Colorado where we have abortion on demand at all points with virtually no limitations whatsoever done. So a shining example of that. I appreciate the call. Don's line is open at 303-696- 1971. Listener text coming in in regards to Douglas County. So in Douglas County, we had the school board race where you had three seats that were up. One was an incumbent Democrat in Susan Meek, and then you had two open seats. And all three of those seats went for the union candidates. Now, there was one race that was a three-way race. I forget who the union candidate was, but you had two Republicans that were running, Jason Page and David DiCarlo. Jason Page was already appointed to the board, by the four conservative majority, four member conservative majority during the summer when another school board member in a massively performative display resigned. And the majority replaced her with Jason Page. It was quite clear that Page was going to run, but the Republicans put up David DiCarlo, which split the vote. Literally, if you add up the margins there the Republican would have won if there was only one candidate, which should have just been Jason Page, in my view, because you had that guy there that was appointed. He was part and parcel with the whole team of the others and and on the same page as the conservative majority. You don't put up another candidate. That's my view. And if you add up the votes for Page and DiCarlo, it's A few thousand or a few percentage points, rather, above what the union candidate got. Something to keep in mind. But listener text coming in about the measures to raise taxes for teacher pay and do a bond for new schools down in the southern part of the district. The former passed, the latter failed. The text I'm surprised to see 5A pass and 5B fail. Thought they'd both go the same way. Low turnout explains the DCSD board results. DC GOP leadership foolishly short-sightedly split it, split the vote on one race and clearly undervoted the other two. I think that seems like a reasonable analysis from you. And I would say I was surprised, too, that 5A passed and 5B failed, that they went different directions. But Douglas County did vote in a tax increase, which is rather interesting. The least teachers will get paid more. But it is discouraging to see the outcome in Doug and concerning, to be sure. 303-696-1971. Before we run to the break, let's go to Brian in Littleton. Good afternoon, Brian. How's it going? Oh, it's
4: going well with me. Thanks for asking and taking my call. The reason why I'm calling is very specific and direct. It's for the people of Israel um, and for our country and the world, for that matter. Um, There's a ministry out there that's got a YouTube channel. It's called So Be It. The guy's been out there during the beginning of the war. He's a Jewish messianic Jew. His family lives there. He said there were bombs coming over and everything and scaring his children. He said one of the things he said there was, We quote, I quote the Psalm 23, and it gives me comfort uh, during this thing. And he's talking to different people. Well, today's YouTube uh, channel was about interviewing the Israelis who are getting prayer and support from people here in America and throughout the world, Christians in different places, praying for them. And a young girl was being uh, interviewed and spoken to, and she started to cry because she said, her friends were all murdered in front of her, and she escaped. Wow. And she's talking about these things, you know. So it's a YouTube channel. I just want to encourage all the listeners to go to it. It's called So Be It. You know, they, they made a clear point, a lady in her late 40s or maybe early 50s, that this is not about Israel. If you think by turning a blind eye and not supporting these people that it's all about just anti-Semitism. No, it is not. They said, first we're going to get the Saturday people, then we're going to get the Sunday people, then we're going to get the rest of you. The, The whole ideology of that whole cult is we kill enough people so that this leader of theirs will come, and it's just. We have
1: to well, keep grounded. There, there, there is a, a, an everybody. evil worldview in Hamas and the jihadists oh that yeah. that they have that they do want an enforcement of that goes well beyond the Jewish people. It's just that the Jewish people oh. are the first. You're right in that regard, yeah. Brian. Hey, I got to run, but I appreciate the yeah, call. 303 1971 Wanted to get to Brian because we've been talking the last couple of days a good bit about the rise of anti-Semitism and what's happening vis-a-vis Israel in this country and around the globe. We're going to take a break. Back with more on the other side. Your thoughts, 303-696-1971. What happened in Denver with the school board elections there and the union totally getting trounced? We'll come back with that more coming up on the other side. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. Folks, the dysfunctional Denver school board had been in denial for so long. The people can't be that pissed off at us. That done with what's happening in Denver schools. And yet, they were. And the wall of denial crumbled down. And we had the complete change of those three from the union hands sending a clear-cut message to the school board that they were done they were fed up kind listener text coming into the show earlier congratulations jimmy that would be i would be remiss if i didn't remind you you're listening jimmy sangenberger 710 knus congratulations jimmy I do believe you had a lot to do with that school board flipping along with the Denver mayor. You exposed a lot of what was going on. Thank you. Now I need you to get to work on the other districts. I have a little bit. We will redouble our efforts in that regard, but I appreciate it. I do believe that the coverage that I've been fortunate to provide on this station and, of course, in my columns in the Denver Gazette with the investigative journalism there have really been able to shine a light and crystallize for people in Denver things that wouldn't have otherwise been crystallized. So it is a privilege to be able to do that, and I appreciate you uh, recognizing that and sending a message. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's go at 303-696-1971. Now to Nick in Denver. Good afternoon, Nick. How's it going?
5: Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I just think... I just think that uh, Republican candidates have to start thinking a little bit more strategically. Uh, What I found very encouraging was I thought that H&H just might pass because the bulk of the voters in this state, as you know, are in the Denver metro area. And in the Denver metro area is very, very liberal. I live in the 1st District, and Diane DeGette consistently wins her elections by 65 to 70% every single time and that hasn't changed in what 15 20 years but at least hh not only was defeated but it got it went down in flames so i think the, the the new crop of voters in this state that are definitely more liberal than the ones that were here 20 30 years ago they're willing to listen to sound economic reasoning on the on the on the social issues It's different. The the Republicans have to be a little bit more nuanced in in terms of this abortion issue. Yeah, uh, I I think,
1: Nick, you're making a very important and compelling point, especially in Colorado. This is a state that is very socially liberal, but you also see how abortion across the country is galvanizing Democrats. Republicans need to recognize it and really make the points about, as you were saying, the economic issues. In the case of the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, that's protecting taxpayers' interests by giving us refunds and saying, no, state government, you can't keep more than X amount, whatever that is that you are allowed to, which has a lot of downstream effects and arguments that we can make boldly when it comes to economic issues. And yet on the social issues side, I also think we need to be – Thinking about this, Nick, and I'm curious your thoughts, in the context of school board races as well, if you look at Denver, Denver was all about school safety and discipline failures, an absolute breakdown in both in Denver schools and also the plummeting of student achievement, where we see only 30% of kids in Denver schools, third through eighth grades are proficient in math, 40% in English. Those things of safety and discipline and academic performance were the big issues there, whereas in Douglas County, in Jefferson County, you could see a real emphasis on some of the more social issues or cultural issues where I think there's a fine line in some areas I would talk about the hiding issues like pronouns from parents. Those are legitimate concerns worth bringing up. Same thing with some of the materials and books. But I think sometimes there's a bit of an emphasis that turned off some folks that was a little bit stronger on the cultural issues where those advocates for change in education just need to be a little bit more strategic as well in how they approach the issues of school board races as well:
5: I agree with you, and I also agree with whatever whatever other person said this. It was a large <clears throat> excuse me, to a large extent, your dogged pursuit of the Denver School board that was instrumental in making the issue aware or making people aware of the issue. I taught in the DPS system for ten years, and I had to get out. I will not tell you the horror stories that I went through because it's just not even worth it anymore. But DPS probably ranks as one of the most dysfunctional school districts in the country, in my opinion.
1: You are not wrong, Nick. That's for darn sure. Thank you, my friend, for calling in. I appreciate it. All right, we are out of time today. The hour has flown by fast. We'll be back, though, tomorrow. Same time, same place, with more engaging, intelligent talk, Sang Style, from 3 to 4 right here on 710 KNUS. The rest of this week, of course, Saturday morning, 6 to 9, with the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, and I'll also do 3 to 4 next week. And i There is a little bit of sound that we have to get to here as we wrap up the program. This is CNN on one of their polls. Not looking good for Biden. How are things going in the country today? Uh, Badly. Say nearly three quarters of respondents in this poll. Seventy two percent. Things are going badly in the country today. Only twenty eight percent say they're going well. And there's this. The country has soured on Joe Biden. There's just not another way to put it, according to. To our latest CNN poll conducted by a national poll uh, gives us this snapshot in time. Biden's approval rating is 39% in our poll, 61% disapprove of the job he's doing. Look at it by party. You see that even among his fellow Democrats, he's only at 77% approval in this poll. Only a third of independents approve of the job he's doing. And of course, as you might imagine, only 5% of Republicans. That's some positive news coming out of CNN polling to encourage us as we now get full swing into the election season for 2024. Republican presidential debate coming up. And we will have it live right here on 710K in the U.S. I think 7 p.m. is the starting time, if I recall correctly. But folks, there's a lot coming. We'll be up tomorrow with conversation about that. Tune in then for now. Have a great evening and may God bless America.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.